Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Flight School Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Turner Medlicott, joined today by just Jonah Lossi. Uh, if you listened to the first pod that we had, uh, you heard about how Adrian now works for Twitter and he's going to get us all verified, including including the pod account. But because that also of that, means he's too good for us. So Yeah, it means he's too good for us. He's got to do Twitter stuff. Uh, so he couldn't make it here for, for the college pod. Uh, but that that's fine. He, uh, he he ruined the the Kendall Marshall mojo anyway. So, yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, though, if we're gonna dive right into it, Jonah, the two things you said you really wanted, like you would be like super ecstatic, like knocked it out of the park, grand slam, didn't happen, which is unfortunate. I, but- I think it, it really it's really tough. Um, I genuinely, I had maybe very silly of me, but I had actually convinced myself that Walker Kessler was coming back. Now, I was convinced he was gone like a week ago. But here, the sources I had, like, well, not even sources, but just the the vibe I was getting, it just seemed like, oh, heck, he's coming back. I really didn't think so. And that's why I was so in awe. And, like, up until the day of, I genuinely still thought he was until we got the news. And I was like, whoa Auburn I mean I mean I know Auburn was on his initial list when he picked UNC it's just I don't blame him whatsoever he's, I, I'm I'm not at all mad at Walker Kessler so what were you gonna say I was gonna say he's he's closer to his family mm-hmm. that's a big plus after a tough year where you were socially isolated and didn't have the year you thought you would have being closer for family can really help um it sounds like he's close with his family um also He's not at Kentucky or or Duke or Kansas or a place like that. So that's fine by me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was also convinced somehow that he was going to come back. But, like, at the same time, like, it stinks. He would have really completed this team next year and really made us a force. Uh, we've got to really kind of reach uh, to, to replace him. And we'll, we'll get into that. But, um yeah, I mean, I hope he I hope he does well. I hope he's happy at Auburn. Hope he completely balls out there. Um, I think it was kind of ridiculous, although I expected it. The number of it's it's the Carolina Twitter fans we talked about before. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they just like, oh my god, how could you do this? Why would you tell? It's like, it's his life. Yeah, leave like, him alone. Auburn, he's a nineteen year old kid that wanted to be close to home. Shocker, like that's like yeah, like. <laughs> Whoa, like, I mean... He honestly, in, in his mind, given how talented he is and how, how good we know he is, he probably didn't expect to be at any school for more than a year. I mean, no. he probably expected to be able to be one and done, but everything got in his way between injuries, pandemic, and uh, a couple of really good ball and players he, that he was with. And he will be the star at Auburn, like, guaranteed. Yeah, and even then, I don't think he, he would still probably say play second fiddle to Mondo in this second year. Um, I think what had actually convinced me was that Garrison Brooks confirmed that he was leaving. And after yeah. that, I was like, oh, well, actually, he might actually be coming back. And then he doesn't, and that leaves. And what it does, I don't want to be morbid about it, but what it does is it genuinely lowers the ceiling for Carolina significantly. Oh, absolutely. Here. Because what it doesn't do is give you an experienced five-star level big man um, in there. Because even if, say, we come in and get someone like, was it Jonas? I, uh, I do. A do. Uh, seven footer, fantastic talent um, from the north from North Carolina. 
decommitted, uh, I think, from Marquette. But even if you get him, he's much more raw. He's probably actually not as just a blanket five-star as much of a talent as Kessler. No, he's and not. I think brand, he's a four-star. Yeah, he's like a fringe, one of those guys. And it's just like, it's like, eek. Like, it just means your potential to be great is lessened. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we should have too high of expectations next year. Um, and leading into the other thing you mentioned was a staff hire. I really wanted King Rice um, from Monmouth to join the staff. But at the same time, he's a head coach. Like, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, get like it. It's kind of hard. It is Carolina, but like, he's not, I mean, I don't know. He's been doing well at Monmouth. Uh, maybe you could say an assistant position at Carolina would sort of jumpstart him to a bigger program. But like, if he's happy at Monmouth. He's a head coach. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't blame him. He's established. Um, I was just, the, I was, I just was kind of shocked because he was genuinely considering it. I was like, oh, well, if we can get him, that'd be awesome. Like, it, it was kind of like, like the Kessler situation. I didn't actually expect him to come back until the day of. Like, I genuinely uh, convinced myself of it. But, like, when we started, like, well, maybe we can get Kessler back. Hell, why not? And I'd be like, well, yeah, because that's best case scenario. You'd love to be able to get a head coach as your number two coach. <laughs> like, that's a successful head coach as your assistant. Of course you would love that. Like, it'd be yeah, great. exactly. Great for recruiting, great for everything. But I think these – it's important to note to, to people, like, these aren't failures on Hubert Davis at all. Like, th- these are only, like, added bonuses that we would have been like, oh, my God. Like, didn't expect that. That would have been awesome. Kessler I mean, didn't leave because of Hubert Davis. Kessler almost stayed because of because Hubert Davis. Because of Hubert Davis. Um, and Rice almost joined because of Hubert Davis. Like, that's yeah. what people need to keep in mind. And I think that's very, very uh, – it's a very, very good sign that that's, that type of stuff is happening because later down the road, when recruits are considering this, when uh, – players are deciding to return or transfer that's a quality you really really want to have uh, especially at a school like ours um but it was not all bad news in in the in the coach uh you know rumor mill and 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 hiring i don't think anything's really been made official about the bench that will be joining hubert davis um but we heard about jackie manuel uh probably being named either director of basketball operations or maybe he'll be on the bench. Uh, he's worked with the uh, women's basketball team since last year, and I think he, he left that position, which sort of seems like he might be moving over uh, across campus to the Dean Dome. Um, that's an amazing uh, staff member to have. Um, there's been rumors that Sean May uh, might be moved up, to, up the bench to assistant coach. I think that's a move that I've seen coming – for a little bit now when he mm-hmm. uh, became, I forgot what his exact position was with the team, but when he joined the staff, um, it was kind of like, all right, he's either going to use this to go get a assistant head coaching job at another university, or he's going to move up the bench once Roy leaves. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, I believe he is the uh, director of basketball operations. And I believe that's what a lot of people are expecting that Jackie Manuel does. Cause that's yeah. what he okay. was at women with the women's team and they thought maybe that's a direct switch. He goes and joins that staff. Sean may is fully expected to go onto the assistant coaching position. 
And there, uh, there's another, uh, a few more names floating out there. I think another one that could be interesting is Derek Phelps, uh, former uh, yep. UNC basketball player as well. It's, I think they've taken the Carolina family thing and ramped it up. And I don't think it's, I think it's because it's, there hasn't been turnover in so long. Roy's been there since 04 or 03. So like, it, it, it's so shocking to see it unfold. Actually, it's like, okay, I know him. Oh, Derek Phelps. Oh, like, are we going to throw in Ed Coda? Is Marcus Page going to get a call? Like, what? All these like amazing yeah, names. Like, oh, all these <laughs> like, great names in the family that we could add to the staff and and add perspective and and people who know the program inside and out. It's like, ah, okay, we can call this guy. He said no. While, while we're making changes, I'm just going to be a terrible person to be uh and be critical and be like, maybe if we're continuing changes can we get psycho t on for eric montrose on the on the color call for tara sports network that's what i want that's what i want (laughs) give me jones angel and psycho t on the call every night that's that's the match that i need i like eric he's a great guy he's a better guy than he is a commentator though (laughs) not 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 great commentator better guy he's a great guy and a He's better than he's a commentator. I'll leave it at that. I, yeah, we I've need we for my takes on him before. Can you imagine having Jones Angel with all his beautiful energy and calls along with Psycho T and him just being like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Actually, Jones, you don't really know what you're talking about. It's, <laughs> it's uh it's great, you know, but what I see what you're doing there. What they were doing is ring of one, two, three, not it's okay though. I get it. Like, okay. it's, I, let's uh oh uh, yeah. It just ah. Uh, Give give me that dynamic, and I think I think Jones would have a, a ball with that too. But. Mondo Baycott would change his haircut once a game, just just <laughs> just a mess with Tyler. Oh gosh, this this uh, is the content that he, we need. He'd, he'd come out uh, in warm ups with his like you know monsters. His, uh, his, yeah, his, his, and, his and then he he'd come back out and it'd all be down. Yeah, just, just a I mess with it. uh with hands, bro. I uh, love it. That God, but. We talked about in the family. Now we got to talk about outside the family. Uh, we got to talk transfers. Um, and in positive news in the past week, we talked about this last pod about maybe uh, being on Justin McCoy's radar. We talked about we even, I think by last week, we had already offered him a scholarship. And now he's committed uh, from UVA. It's a, that's a big deal. That's an experienced wing player. And you said last pod, we literally – literally had zero depth at the three we had leaky and that was absolutely it um i don't know i mean those guys are probably going to be asked to cover the four this year i would assume depending on what our recruiting situation and the rest of the transfer portal looks like uh but we desperately needed someone who would come in and play the three and play it well and be be experienced in it um and i he comes from a defensive system um, and, and leaky style of the play is definitely more on the, the defensive end. Um, and I think that, you know, we need big men, but that was a key uh, piece of depth probably for the next two years. Cause he's, he's a junior now um, that'll really help bridge this program over. Uh, well, while actually, we I believe what's special about him as well is I believe because of, the way the um, situation was this last year with eligibility, I think he actually has three years of eligibility left. Oh, then even more perfect. Yeah. And which is actually better than getting like a four star freshman. It's actually replacing it with an already 
established uh, player. And I, I was actually, I, I wrote up a little bit for my buddy who was like, loves Carolina basketball, but just does not pay attention to the ridiculousness of the offseason all the time. And I'm like, that's fine. So he kind of comes to me for recruiting stuff. And I, I was just going to read off my uh, scouting report on McCoy. I said, I believe he will be a versatile wing. Yep. Uh, great length at six eight, and he's developing his quickness. He should be. Uh, he, sh- he should have more ability offensively towards the end of the season. And he said he's been working on his shot. I think he was about a low thirty per- thirty thirties, uh, but his threes. But he's actually really been working on his threes, which excites me a little bit, especially working with Hubert Davis. But yes. really, what really excites me about his three, and the same reason I'm excited about Caleb Love. McCoy was an eighty percent free throw shooter. Yep. And that just doesn't yes. come out of nowhere. Um, nope. You don't shoot good free throws and just and just are a terrible shooter in general. Like That's why I also like Caleb, uh, Caleb Love, because Caleb Love was a consistent uh, free throw shooter, probably our best one all the last season, um, uh, game to game. So um, I think he's going to be a perfect 3 and D guy. Um, maybe not next year, but the year following. Though I, depending on how much Leaky Black plays, I think they're going to split time and they'll probably play together in an offensive unit, which would be fantastic if they could, you know, if they needed to sub a minute, either two or three and move late, have leaky at four, it could be a long guard group that could be really weird to play against. Um, and in, in the ACC, because that is a lot of length on the floor, having another six, eight wing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it also is going to speak to what you mentioned last week as well. Like, yeah, Carolina basketball is still going to probably be quick, up-tempo, uh, post-focused. Uh, but maybe, you know, maybe not. I mean, I, I think this is one of those things that signifies that it's not going to be quite the same. And uh, that's okay, you know. Um, obviously, we talked about our ceiling isn't as high, but um, we certainly didn't expect this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, and beyond Justin, we're we're moving on to trying to actually at least fill in the biggest need. We need a four. Like, we just straight up, we need a four right now. Um, and the we have some some prospects on the way. Of course, we, there's those recruits that Adrian mentioned that are still on the board. Um, but we're also offering, or at least talking to uh, Christian Bishop from Creighton. Um, I'd love to steal one of Creighton's players. And you know what's interesting about that? When you mentioned that we might we were expecting an inside-out title play, don't you find it very interesting, other than Quaker Kessler, the first two scholarships offered have been just McCoy, who signed, who's a 6'8 wing. Yep. Christian Bishop is a 6'7 wing. Yep. He's a three, almost, he's a one through four guy. I, and so I is think it's McCoy, and so is Leaky Black. And I think we might be erring more towards the Ball handler center positionless threes. Like and like I I think what we're expect what I'm expecting, and God I hope so, is that Hubert Davis is gonna implement some modern basketball. Yeah. Um, and not to say that Roy's I think Roy got a little bit of a heat and saying his stuff was dated. I don't think it was necessarily dated, it just wasn't really working the last couple of years. But what it could be is modern basketball, positionless basketball, combo guards, versatile bigs. I if we land someone like Christian Bishop as well as Justin McCoy, I think this could be a very interesting outfit that is nothing like what we saw last year. And that's, it's going to be so weird. I would kind of expect them to struggle out of the gate, just adjusting to that new 
system. But at the same time, you're going to have Armand, well, not 100%, but like 90% chance we have Armando back. So you're still going to have that force inside. Hopefully you get another big man that can back him up and, and truly have that grounded five um, off the bench because, you know, he can't be in there the whole game. Um, how tall is Tanner Groves? Uh, Tanner Groves is your kind of cool forward. I believe he's about 6'9", 240. 6'9". Um, it's okay. kind of that quintessential. So that kind of quintessential four, I think, is what you're looking gotcha. at with Tanner Groves. I mean, so maybe he's able to stretch over and play some small ball five. Um but I mean, we're just we're just lauding my, our boy Tyler Hansbrough is only six nine himself. So, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I I think it's it's definitely a shift. Um, if Luke May can play small ball five, Tanner Gross can. Yeah, wait, hold on a second. Luke, if Luke May, who was maybe six eight, I don't I'm know. I'm giving six seven and a half. That's yeah, what I'm going I, with. I I don't know about that. Uh, can play the five. Tanner Groves can absolutely play the five. I think that if we get both of those guys, Christian Bishop and Tanner Groves, that's what I would do. I would, um, well, may I would maybe start uh, Bishop or Groves at the four, or maybe even Leaky, um, and then move Groves over to the five when needed, and you know take him out when he needs a rest. Um, obviously, I hope we get a, a freshman. We need a freshman big man or two. I mean, for those that didn't watch, Groves had an ungodly performance against Kansas in their first-round exit. And for if people are interested in, oh, well, I said he's more of a traditional size four, this is something that would, I mentioned Luke May, he's a stretch four. That should get some people excited. He 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 made five threes against Kansas. Yep. <laughs> on, on, on his way to, I think he had 35. Against Kansas, yeah, in the, in he, the first he absolutely round. balled out. So I, I'm not gonna get not saying, yeah, I don't think I actually don't think we'll land him though. It would be a great pickup. It'd be a great pickup. I I think we maybe have a better chance at Christian Bishop. That's the more mm-hmm. likely signing. Um, but yeah, if we can get one out of the two of those dudes, that's gonna help. Um, I just it's hard to have expectations honestly at this point. Um, but I just, I'm excited that there's movement and there's activity and there's still excitement. I, I think lowered expectations still don't mean that I'm not excited as hell for this season because I really, really am. Um, mm-hmm. and part of the reason I, I'm so excited for the season and for the future is because of another announcement that we got this week, um, that, uh, UNC is pioneering a, um, a licensing agreement with former athletes, specifically starting with uh, men's basketball and women's soccer, which makes perfect sense. Those are two of the most successful sports on campus. Um, the two most historically successful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and they're going to allow former players to partner with the university, uh, sell their jersey through the university using its branding, etc., cetera, um, getting their cut for their name and image and likeness. Um, and that's great because that means that like kids who come to campus can go in student stores and buy a Mia Ham jersey. Or they can I was go actually and- about to say like I I kind of I started looking I was like man I like my psycho T Hubert Davis would be funny 
but also get get that Mia Ham, like me uh, the goat, like you know. I have a Jordan UNC jersey. I could get a Mia Ham. I could have the two best athletes to ever go to Carolina. Yeah, like that's, I'm all for that's, it. That's probably the one I would buy first is a Mia Ham jersey. I I definitely am going to buy one if I can get my hands on one. If they have them in the stores, if I have to buy them, yeah, but I say if they Ham. don't go, if they don't go like that, you know. Um, oh, they're gonna go. They're gonna go, and that's why I'm worried I won't be able to get mine. But you know, you know I damn. yeah, I think honestly, it's a great move. It's one of those moves where you're like, why haven't they done this sooner? It's not like anything was preventing them from doing this. They're former players, so um, what I am. Uh, do we know? Uh, I actually haven't checked on the Mia Ham. Are they going to do modern jerseys selling there, or because Ooh, I don't. I would love. I don't know Classic. if anyone. No. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's. I'll. I'll. I'll send it to you. Uh, I'm gonna. We can. We can put up a picture on Twitter or something. But I'm sending it in our group chat. The old school Mia Ham, especially because she was 19, which was a cold number. I wouldn't mind almost rocking that like a hockey jersey kind of situation. Yeah. <laughs> With like, the stripes yeah. down the side. Oh man. Old school. That's what we I, need. Old school soccer jersey. I would expect them to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they'll go that far. But probably I would, not. I would like for some. Her. Yeah, I I would like some retrofits. I don't necessarily need like all modern jerseys with, like oh like all right let me put let me smack, you know Hubert Davis's number onto a modern UNC jersey. Yeah. I would hope that they have some retro options. But I'm excited. This is kind of something that. I I've always wanted. It's like, oh, why can't I go into the student stores and buy a Tyler Hansborough jersey? Right. Like, that should be well, especially if they are professionals after the fact. Like it just seems silly they won't be able to. Yeah, um, I, I think, and we don't have to talk on this long, but I wonder what this means as far as the the current players um, doing this type of thing. Obviously, I think we're a few years out from that happening, um, yeah. but I. I'm surprised because I, I I listened to the sort of like press release video that they they uh, sent out and Bubba Cunningham was like yeah you know we're talking about nil stuff for the current players and this isn't that but this is um, sort of something that stemmed from those conversations about the former players. Um, I had always been under the impression that Bubba was sort of a little lenient about the whole nil. Uh, not lenient, but hesitant uh, about the whole NIL situation. Do you think this maybe is a shift as far as UNC's perspective? Um, well, firstly, for those that are that aren't sports lingo ex aficionados, NIL's name and name, name, image, and likeness, uh, basically yes. making money off your own name. Uh, just for those that are yeah, no, thank less you. involved in media in in media law and things like that. Um, yeah. I mean, let's be real. Everyone is everyone in major athletic departments are against it. Of course they are. Publicly, yeah. they're not because they don't want to piss off their own players. Why? Would, <laughs> if Bubba goes out and says something, you might lose a couple players from you know from whatever sport, basketball, football. You know, you have to be on your player side in the public. But I don't think anyone has honestly, like genuinely, honestly wanted players to be paid or else we would have had it by now i think it is a cultural shift recently because people are just kind of caught momentum with it i still think we're several years away yeah. um i have no idea what's going to happen i personally think 
there needs to be a way for them to get compensated because they are making they are earning millions for both the NCAA conferences and schools. It's embarrassing that players who are worth millions aren't paid a dime. And you can say, well, education, I don't care. They're making way more than their 24K that they're getting for their scholarship and amenities or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Even if you round that up to like, I don't know, give me generous 40, 50K. Zion Williamson probably brought in like $50 million to Duke, at least. And that's probably just for Duke. And that's not including ESPN and everything. I, it, there needs to be a way to pay these players. I don't know the best way how, but I think there it, there needs to be a more influx into uh, the coffers of individuals um, and not just coaches either because you have hypocrites like Dabu Sweeney. Um, oh, my God. Uh, and we won't get into him too much. But yeah, so I was going to say, we could making be- millions every year says uh, people sh- um, the players shouldn't be making it because it would interrupt the integrity. But it's hard to say when you don't have integrity. <laughs> Woo! Sca- scathing when it, um, <laughs> but no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think we could go on and on about uh, name, image, and likeness conversations, and, and our opinions I think are, are really really similar um, on, on the players getting paid. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you too. I don't. I heard this. I was like, ooh, maybe this means something. And I thought about it, and I was like, oh, it doesn't. It's just a cool partnership they thought of that I think is. I mean, it's honestly a cool partnership. I, I'm excited for it, but it's also like, oh, here's this easy way for us to both make some money. That's like at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's there to sell the brand and help the brand. Um, obviously, you you hope that uh, the the image and likeness rights get extended to current players, but that's that's not going to happen for another little bit, unfortunately. Um, what is fortunate, though, for us is that uh, – oh, it's so funny. Matthew Hurt, uh, the dude who averaged like five points per game against UNC in his career, um, has signed an agent and is declaring for the NBA draft, um, which is surprising to me because he's not a first-round draft pick. But then again, if you have the season that he did and you still can't be a first-round draft pick – you might as well. You might as well go. Um, I I will say maybe someone got in his ear and said he could be a, a late first, like because he is a bona fide scorer. Let's not be mean about that. Like that dude when he's not playing in Chapel Hill or against UNC in general, um, he's a he's a bucket and he can score a lot from the wing. Um, it kind of reminds me of Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard was still a first round pick. That's um, I think Luke Kennard was a better scorer uh, than Matthew Hurt oh, absolutely. Um, and more fit for the modern NBA. But what Matthew Hurt is, is he's a stretch four that can shoot. He has got some really good post moves. Um, I don't know. I, I per- I'm with you. I think he's a second round pick, but I also don't sure if Tony Bradley was a first round pick and he signed an agent and left because they said he was, and guess what? He was a first round pick and I'm very proud of him for that. But it's one of those situations where you see better players, in my opinion. We talked about it before. Gary Trent Jr. was undrafted. How in the hell, <laughs> you know, like, does he go undrafted? There's a lot of these players that just kind of slip, and there's a lot of players that go way high up. And his name being 
etched around the ACC Player of the Year conversation. He was in the news all season as yeah. the lone guy that wasn't sucking on Duke, basically. Um, and they care to carry the team towards the end of the season. So I have no idea what is going on there, but as a UNC fan, well, I'll say I'm happy and sad. I am sad because I don't get to hate him because at no point did he ever actually make me mad. <laughs> like no, him personally. I'm about to say he sucked against us. So it was like, he was yeah. sort of a guy to meme on. Yeah. And then two, um, he won't be good, and I kind of – he was kind of my hope to be the four-year guy that I got to hate and, like, I, love I love to hate, like, genuinely love to hate. Now, Grace Allen was a little far. He can he, he, go away. But, you know, the Kyle Singler, the Ryan Kelly, that guy that is like, man, I hate you, but I'm glad you're there. Like, that kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. I, I kind of wish that could have happened. But – in the heart of hearts, I'll be watching Duke next year and be like, I'm glad Hurt's not there because he might jump 30 on us at any point. Oh, exactly. Uh, my my brother is unfortunately a, a Duke fan. It's 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 quite sad, but he was uh really, he was really nervous about Matthew Hurt's decision. He was like, man, we could be really good next year if he came back. And I was like, I don't think he's coming back, bud. And he was pretty convinced he he was. Uh, so I, I I'm sure this is gonna kind of have him in the dumps and for that um i'm i'm not upset at all that that's that's his own fault should have should have should have chose should have chose a different team um but i uh, i think that wraps up college basketball college football is actually going to make a rare appearance to end our pod uh because we love our boys we love Javante Williams and Michael Carter We've talked about them many, many times on this podcast, but now that it's getting closer to the NFL draft, the national media has really ramped up on those two dudes. I'm so, so excited. I know Jonah's like almost convinced himself that Javante is going to be on the Steelers. I don't know about that, but you got like, you know, Mina Kimes was going through film sessions of them the other day and she was just like, it seemed like she was having a time. Like she was really enjoying herself watching their highlights. Um, and it was of course, bringing the Miami game back to the timeline, which I'll watch that any day. That's <laughs> been on repeat in my brain. Anytime I think about the past season for UNC football, um, but they absolutely deserve it. I mean, they're going to be good NFL running backs. Yeah. And I think Mina has been the one uh, you, you guys know, I, you know, Mina is probably my favorite sports personality out there right now. And she just does amazing work, um, both entertaining and extremely informative. Um, and it was very validating knowing how much I love Javante, both as a player and a person seeing her kind of fall in love with him as a ball player, because it's almost become consensus that he might be RB two for a lot of people. Um, in this draft behind Najee Harris. Now, Travis Etienne has been getting number one nods by a lot of people, and it's hard not to. He has the size, he has the speed, he has a lot of numbers. But I think what people saw about the difference between those two, Etienne's more of a home run hitter. Javante Williams is a guy that, like, it's like you watch him and you say, how did he get six yards there? It's like every other run, you're like, how did he break three tackles? I don't – it doesn't make any sense of how strong he is because a lot of his figures don't really point to that. But when you watch his film, 
he's just undeniable. And Carter is more of the elusive. I think I heard a really good um, comparison today of more of a Darren Sproles exactly. uh, type. And I was like, ooh, that's a good comp. I like that. I don't think he's the same returner, uh, especially punt returner that Sproles was, but very similar. And um, also, I, I appreciate that uh, Amina is also sticking with the narratives of Javante's nickname is Pookie. And like, how amazing <laughs> is that? Um, and he was valedictorian of his high school. It's like, yeah, I know. He's a all-round perfect like that's who you want in your team aren't you gonna love on like an nfl sunday like pre-show thing when he's having his breakout season and they do a little special on him and then they start repeating that he was valedictorian of his high school like five times a broadcast and like everybody else is probably gonna hate that they keep on repeating that but we're gonna be like oh pookie yeah, yeah, pookie yeah go pookie and of all but he's from wallace north carolina like what a what an adorable like little town like it's it's like i i don't know it's just it is really cool that the boys are really getting the wreck that they deserve i think chad surratt looks to be a day two pick Downey brown looks to be a day two pick and it looks like javante williams and michael carter also might be today two might be a big day for the tar heels we could see five players come off the board in rounds two and three maybe two three four five um, and you know, a guy that's gotten almost no press, I saw a story on him today, but more of a local outlet. I don't see Daz Newsom not getting on a team and doing well. Cause I think Daz Newsom, he didn't have a senior that he wanted. He was just as good as day on me the year before Daz was sensational. And what Daz is, is the circus catch guy. And he's the, give him the ball in whatever situation we can Diami's more of a traditional receiver, and that's why he flourished so well under Sam Howe, because Sam Howe is a gunner, and he's somebody that can just throw it deep and Diami can go get it. But I think Daz is too well-equipped as a ball player, and he has the right mindset. I think Daz is going to shock a lot of people, whether he's a sixth or seventh-round pick or if he's undrafted. I still see Daz having a career in the NFL. I'm just really excited for all these boys. Um, Chaz Surratt, I, oh, I just have to mention him just because um, – I'm excited for him too. I'm especially uh, with Chaz because man, <laughs> we were there. I'm pretty sure you were there when he threw that two-handed interception. Oh, I was. Like, I, I, it was hard. I was I was a little worried about him emotionally. I was worried about him a lot of ways, and I thought he was going to transfer. I thought his time at UNC was done, and he ended up being our best defender <laughs> two I, years like, later. I, which is, from the point where I was inconsolable sitting in the in the stands and like you know how band kids are half of them are like super into sports and half of them are like you know they go to enough games they understand what's going on they enjoy the games but they're they're not like you know us and that's fine uh it's a half of them were like ah man that you know it's not to lose like that i'm like no y'all don't understand that was the worst thing i've ever seen i was like no one talked to me and then to go from that to the fact that he won that game against duke for us this past year beautiful yeah and on, about- on a weird interception no less <laughs> like yep. on a weird interception and he's about to to have what i think is gonna be a pretty good uh, career in the nfl i could not be happier that he completely turned around uh in the eyes of all carolina fans and it's just gonna be really exciting to watch draft day i don't say that about every draft uh so no. i i I think that's going to be one of the best things to happen in the next couple of weeks. 
And I was excited before because I was excited for Jason Strobridge. Like, I was excited that he was going. But, like, these were late-round guys. We genuinely have three guys that should be drafted day two. And that's awesome. And that's only going to increase the credibility more. Now, we talked about losing our running backs coach before. I don't know if we'll get anyone quite on that level. However, I will say, you know, apparently Ty Chandler has been impressing Mac Brown every single day. And I kind of called that saying that that kid could be doing something special this next year, especially considering he'll be more of a feature back probably than Carter yeah. and Williams were. Because uh, they were, as we see, they were too good for each other. They kind of got in each other's way almost. Like We, we talked about it before. If they had just been on their own team, they probably or might have won the Heisman, like straight up. Javante <laughs> genuinely could be RB1 if he played for, like, I don't know, Georgia or something, you know. But Javante also probably wouldn't have even been on a roster if he wasn't at Carolina. So everything happens for a reason. Um, I'm really excited for those guys. Um, and, uh, it's just I'm going to be so proud when I hear their name called, and I'm so excited to watch who I think I'm Homer to the end of days yes. for Tar Heels in the, in the NFL and the NBA. I always will be. In my opinion, Cam Johnson still could be one of the best 3 and D guys in the league. Like I, you know, I still think Kobe White has endless how, potential. And, and how like, can you not be? How can you not yeah. be? And one of those guys, I you know, Gio's going to go win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady now. Like, <laughs> it's one of those situations where I'm always rooting for my guys. But now it's like, oh, no, like, we might have a genuine star running back in the league between one of those two guys. And I think we both might have a good quarterback in the NFL after that. like, And a good wide receiver. And then, oh, maybe another good wide receiver. And, oh, maybe and then, some oh, a good a good cornerback. Oh yeah, maybe because Tony uh, Grimes is gonna an all he's gonna be an all American this year. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna float around with an all American this year. <laughs> and he's supposed to be a freshman. And yeah. uh NC State just gave Dave Dorn a contract extension. So um Oh, that's the best news. Almost. Oh man, Dave Doran getting a contract extension. That just guarantees for those of you who just aren't as into ACC football, that guarantees that that team will be media. Ooh, I can't say that word. They will be average as hell for yeah. the next five years. They're going to be flirting with mediocrity. There's no doubt. How, how we say all this, I mean, we played them uh, yeah. think, uh, for the Thanksgiving game again uh, this upcoming year. So we'll probably lose to them at their place. But it's still funny. Like It's, it's still after so absolutely fun. waxing them for three years in a row. And it's, it's still going to be funny. Like, Yep. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be hilarious. But – we should stop gushing because we could gush about our boys uh, and, and poop on state for for a while. Uh, but before we go, Jonah, you got to let the people know uh, what, what I filled you in on this week. Well, yeah, I was. Uh, you, you were very up in the news. You texted us all uh, Friday morning that Brock Hampton actually surprised us all with uh, releasing their full album after uh, debuting two singles um, in two weeks. And they went ahead and dropped their album, Roadrunner, which – is deeply emotional, impactful, but also has a lot of bangers on it. So props out to you for the the rap, pop, mega group of Brockhampton. I hey, new, new Music Fridays are my favorite type of day. So. Who, who's your who's your favorite member? Um, you know, <laughs> oh Mer, Merlin, Merlin Wood. Did you say Merlin? Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's I, right. I know you like you're more of, you're you're always been more of a hype man. So I get that. I get yeah, that. 
Yeah, you, you listen to my intros to the pod, you know I got I got the hype in me. You got the, all the hype. Merlin Wood, man. Yeah, I, I hear you. That's you got me. You got me. Merlin Wood Medlicott. I love it. <laughs> nah, but for real, y'all, that's, uh, that's going to be it for us uh, for this episode. Uh, Adrian will be back next week, I'm sure. Uh, congrats again to him. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Follow us on Twitter at flight underscore pod. And... We will see you next week. Peace.